Hi everyone, Dr. Axe here. I am so excited to introduce you to today's co-host of my show, Naomi Whittle. Naomi is a pioneer in the beauty and nutrition industries. She has founded several successful wellness brands, is an expert in diet, herbal medicine, and longevity. And Naomi has traveled the world, including Europe and Asia, studying natural health and finding rare exotic superfoods to help people heal and fight disease. She's also made it her personal mission to better the lives of women by empowering them to take control of their health. Naomi is someone I really trust and admire, and I am thrilled to have her here today. I hope you enjoy her wisdom on today's show. Hello, everybody. Hello, Dr. Cohen. I have been looking forward to this conversation for the past year, and I think that everybody that's tuning in to the Dr. Axe podcast here is going to love you as much as I do. My name is Naomi Whittle, and a lot of you um, know how passionate I am um, about all of our health, but specifically for us as women, there are, there are ways that we need to approach our health that are different. And during these times of challenge where as a woman, we're trying to juggle. I mean, I know personally trying to juggle 10 more things than I ever have in my life. Um, I want to talk to you about what you're most passionate about, where you have so much incredible knowledge to share with all of us and like simple solutions. So Dr. Cohen, I'm so happy to have you here. Will you start by just telling us a little bit about who you are and how you became like obsessed with hydration and why we care? Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm a medical doctor. I have been in private practice in Manhattan for 22 years now. It's been a long time. Um, and I started right out of residency in what at the time was complementary medicine. Then it became, you know, alternative CAM, complementary and alternative medicine, then integrative medicine. Now it's functional medicine. Um, solely been practicing that way right out of residency. Um, and so the truth is I, my passion has always been what, you know, food and nutrition and, uh, you know, supplementation. And um, I have, I, I worked for Dr. Atkins right out of residency. So the truth is I've had an incredible role model in knowing what it, what it meant to have a platform, uh, have a book, you know, his book was, was everything. It really, and, and so for years I searched and searched, what did I want to write my book about? I do a lot of thyroid. I do a lot of hormones in my practice. I didn't want to write another thyroid book. I didn't want to write another book on hormones. Um, and it was until my, my co-author came and sat with me one day. She asked to speak to me. Um, she worked for the Hydration Foundation. I remember thinking, oh God, she's going to sell me some kind of water purifier, Ponzi thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, but I felt really generous that day. I was like, sure, come on in. Let me hear what you got to say. And she blew my mind and started to talk to me about the work of Dr. Gerald Pollack, who discovered the fourth phase of water, gel water, structured water. Um, she had done her dissertation on how desert people hydrate. She was, she's, a meta, she's an anthropologist, a cultural anthropologist. Interesting. And, um, and the truth is I've always known, you know, that hydration is important. It's, it's, there's never in my 22 years that when a patient doesn't come in the door, I don't ask them, what do they eat? What do they drink? But I never really understood or, or knew that eating your water is as important as drinking your water, you know, and, and when so, so we, let's stop right there, everybody, <laughs> I like, I want us all to really hear this because when you said that to me, when I met you three years ago and we were both getting ready to speak on um, stage, you spoke to me about that. It's, it's just as important to eat our water. And I was like, what is Dr. Cohen talking about? I want to know everything. So I became really um, passionate about about eating water. And, and I know that we're going to go into that in detail. Um, I want 
the audience to really understand, oh, I can eat this amount of water. I can drink this amount of water. Structured water means this, you know, like I want us to get an overview of what hydration really means. Low-grade hydration, which you speak about, the exercises, the movements that we can do to, to improve our hydration. But first and foremost, my question for you would be, how do we know that we are hydrated? That's my first question. It's a, it is a great question. Um, unfortunately, there is no perfect, you know, simple test that we can do. I, I wish there was a blood test or a, a device. I mean, there's there's a few things that are close, but um, but 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 they're not perfect. Um, so, what I always tell people, and this is this is this is hard for some people, is that we need to live in our bodies not be cut off from our necks down um, and, and know what it feels. First, you need to know what it feels like to be perfectly hydrated. And then there's a few signs that we can take into account, um, you know, that can make, that can make a difference. So first of all, let's talk about, uh, I think one of the most important things is that we are meant during our waking hours to get up and urinate every two or three hours. I think that's a really important thing. And uh, Gabrielle Cousins taught me that a long time ago. Um, and he's a, he's a holistic doctor. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a wonderful, wonderful doctor. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but there are many times where I've sat at my desk for 10 hours straight, never got up once to pee. Yeah. Not good. So <laughs> I had always heard, and it was like very contrary because, you know, I grew up hearing, okay, I need to be drinking eight of these per day. And then I started to hear, actually, you need to be making sure that you're urinating. You should be counting at least six times a day that yeah. you're urinating. That's a better way of understanding sort of like your level of hydration. So that's essentially what you're saying every two yeah, plus hours. Two to three hours. And, and we, we train ourselves so many people train ourselves not to drink so that we don't have to disrupt our day to get up and pee, you know, and that's, that's actually the reason why thirst is, is not a great measure of, of dehydration. We, we can override our thirst me mechanism over time because we ignore it. Um, and uh, we lose our thirst mechanism as we get older. And the truth is once you're thirsty, you're a little too far gone already, you know, so we need to, to stave that off before that happens. So yeah, that's a great, uh, getting up to pee every two or three hours is a really good thing to, to try to aim for um, in hydration. Um, I also think another thing to think about is that afternoon fatigue, um, you know, that afternoon crashing. Um, instead of maybe thinking it's your blood sugar dropping um, and reaching for sugar or, or some, you know, a fruit or something like that, I think probably, and I'm making this number up, 90% of the time it's dehydration versus low blood sugar. Now there are people who definitely have low blood sugar issues, but if we, if we start to practice this, you're gonna find that that afternoon fatigue markedly improves when we, when we practice hydration. It's, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's this, just going back to what you said, it's the simple things, you know, these are, these are the simple things yet hard because we have to live in our bodies and we have to stay on top of it and think about it, but this is easy. I also want to say one other thing, the eight glasses of water a day. So first of all, let's, let's just think about that. A five foot two, you know, non-athletic woman versus a six foot four athlete like, how can you, how can you say eight glasses a day for each? It doesn't make any sense. One, or even let's say a five foot two yogi who does, you know, hot yoga and sweats all day versus a five foot two person who doesn't do much movement. They, they, they have different requirements. Um, and it is, it is feasible that some people need one glass of water a day wow. if they're eating really well. Um, mm -hmm. Let's, you know, you're, I, I know there's days that I realized, oh my God, I haven't drank any water today yet. I had, you know, uh, uh, a really hydrating, I had a chia, you know, smoothie for breakfast and I had a big salad for lunch, you know, so I had lots of vegetables and, you know, so it, it just depends. So you have to look at these things. Um, other signs you want to look at for, for this low-grade dehydration, brain fog, you know, the, the typical things that everybody knows about dehydration, brain fog, headaches, 
constipation, dry skin, um, it, uh, pain, aches and pains. Did I say headaches? Um, headaches. Wow. You know, the, yeah. these are the the typical things that that we all know, um, and um, and just sort of stiffness can be can be something to think about more so that when you hydrate better you'll notice an improvement in those things right i love that what you're saying dr cohen is it's all essentially for free right like yes drinking good quality water we're going to talk about that eating certain types of foods but breaking that myth of this eight glasses of water is key and really focusing on, okay, have I gone pee, you know, six, seven, eight times today and, and being able for everyone that's listening, like, just think about it. If, if we were all to do this test tomorrow, um, what do you think as a percentage of all of us that are engaged in this podcast, what percentage of us do you think are actually hydrated? Like, what does this data tell you? Okay. So, you know, the, the, the the number that's running around out there is 75% of us are, are low grade dehydrated. Wow. Um, I think it's more like 90% or higher. I really do. Um, Now you have to realize we're talking to an audience that is proactive in their healthcare. My dream and my hope is to really reach people like the people that that don't hear these things or that don't eat very well, these are the people that are going to really notice a huge difference. In the, this is the beauty. You talk about for free, not yeah. only free, quick, fast. Yeah. You notice yeah. it in one day, two days. Yeah. You know, when you hydrate better, yeah. you feel so well, it's much an, better. It's an, it's an easy message to tell anyone, like anyone that you love, your family, your kids, your, your grandparents, whatever it may be, just tell them, Let's see how many times you urinate today. Let's just check it out. Just, just count at the end of the day. Let's talk about it. And then let's see if we can get that up to six, seven or eight, because everything in life will change. If we do that, you wrote the most incredible book. It's called quench. As soon as I heard you speak, starting to speak, I literally picked up my phone and ordered it on Amazon in that moment. That's how passionate I am about the message that you have to share. I think everybody needs to have your book quench in their library. This is fundamental to health. The rest of it can all sit on top of it. Why is hydration so important to us, Dr. Cohen? So first I have a co-author, Gina. So we wrote it together. She is brilliant. And without her, this book would have never, she was truly the impetus of starting this we never realized how, how, um, <laughs> like what we were actually getting ourselves into from a science standpoint, because water science is crazy, right. um, crazy, like uh, complicated. I just, I was like, oh my God, what did we get ourselves into? But we, we figured it out. We got, we got the message as simple as possible. And I'm, I'm truly very proud of the book and thank you. Um, so, so the, the, the message, the big message is that um, learning how to hydrate properly is the single most important thing you can do to treat and prevent chronic disease, period, hands down. Before you start on any nutrition program, whether it's vegan, keto, anything in between, even a supplement program, this is where you must start and keep it up. You know, that's like, it, it is the basis. It's the basis of homeostasis in our body. It's the basis of detoxification. I mean, think about it, cellular health, it's everything. Yeah. Um, and so this is the single most important thing. And you start here before you do anything else. And, and, and the truth is, once you start here, then you're, you know, and you start to feel better and everything starts to, to move and, and feel better, then the next steps will follow and you'll, and, you know, you'll be, you'll be climbing up that, that mountain and, and just, it makes everything easier. So, so, you know, we always hear, it's like the air we breathe, the water we drink, the two most, but it's like the air we breathe, the hydration we have, knowing how to get there. It is up there with, I mean, food and shelter. Like, so these are the things that are important. Food, shelter, food, sleep, shelter, 
and hydration. Yeah. Those, are, those are the things. It's the simplest and love. <laughs> so I've heard that while we're sleeping, we lose one to two liters of water at night. We sort of like it evaporates. Is that accurate? So breathing is a hydrating, you know, breathing is definitely a hydrating act. We can breathe in fumes and we breathe out fumes. You know, you put your, your thing up to a mirror, you see condensation. Um, so yes, breathing is, is a hydrating act so much so that we talk about, I love this little sort of tip or trick, keep um, a cup of hot tea at your desk and not necessarily to drink, to breathe in the vapors like that's, that's hydrating. And we know about using a vapor, you know, a machine in your room and that kind of thing is important, but, but is not only one in, in your, in your room, do you have a vapor? Oh, I do, well, I do. Yeah, I do. Especially I live in New York city. So okay. we have radiator, um, you know, radiators. And uh, to me, I actually think winter is way more dehydrating than summer because of the, the indoor fake, you know, it's so drying in here. Yeah, you have to. And I used to, I used to put, everybody knows you put a pot of water on top of your radiator. It emits, it emits um, condensation. So yeah, yeah. I do all of those things in addition to a, 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 a little condensator thing. So if, if, if hydration is so foundational to um, our health and we need we all know we need our health now more than ever, right? We need to be in that strongest state possible. Yeah. We're going into the winter, you know, everybody's getting ready and, and um, there's so much stress around it. Uh, what would be the things that you would recommend we do differently this winter as it relates to hydration? So the question I was asking you about when we're sleeping, I had heard that because we lose hydration when we sleep. Um, Dr. Michael Bruce, uh, the sleep doctor actually was the one that um, told me about this. We're losing that one to two liter worth of hydration. First thing in the morning when we wake up, you know, drink a large glass of water. You may say there are other ways to get that early morning hydration. Like before so many of us, like I love to drink coffee in the morning. Before we drink that cup of coffee, we've got to get rehydrated from the night that we lost yeah. this year or two. Yeah. So, um, so absolutely. I, that is, so if anybody who is not that healthy or not, you know, once again, I don't know if I'm, your, your audience is proactive, but anybody who doesn't do this, if that's the one thing they do, I can't tell you how many people lives have changed by drinking eight to 16 ounces first thing in the morning before your feet even hit the floor, you will notice a huge difference within a very short period of time. Um, but not only for that, it is at nighttime is when we, when we're sleeping is when we detoxify. That is, you know, that is um, the majority of our detoxification of our brain specifically is happens when we sleep. Um, so now we got to get rid of all that, that muck, um, and breathing it off is one way that happens throughout the night, but then we also have to rehydrate um, and, and help get rid of that in the morning as well. So yeah, a big glass in the morning. I typically, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of science about the lemon water, but I do think there's something to it. And if, if not anything, it's adding a, a, little, a few extra minerals um, and electrolytes to your water. So um, I actually, at my bedside, I have like a little glass pitcher with the, the glass on top of it, you know, just like a yes. cheap one I bought on Amazon. I fill it up at night. I wake up first thing in the morning, chug it down and then get up. Simple. Oh, that's great. That's, that's a great practice. And then having the vapor, um, you recommend that for all of us? Um, it, you know, I, it's, I haven't thought about that, but why not? <laughs> you know, definitely. Why not? It's uh, it's it is a bit of a, especially. I mean, if you have in the, in the winter, if you're living in a hot environment, I mean, you have to know if you're in Florida or someplace and your windows are open and the air Which is good. Are, I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Florida, um, so then you don't need it. But in the in anywhere where you have you know heating on in the, at night in the winter or in the winter time, that's probably a good idea. You need to feel like figure out what your environment is. So. I don't know if you necessarily need one, but if you're sleeping in air conditioning and heat and fake environments, yeah, why not? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Let's go on to talking about 
some of the foods, like you said, we can eat our hydration. That just blew my mind. I love it. I know, you know, you asked a little bit about this audience. So Dr. Josh Axe, we're all so passionate about best health, right? Um, Proactive individuals, individuals that care about the people around them that can share these messages, you know, and that's why I'm so passionate about having you here talking about such a fundamentally important, healthy message. I mean, quench your book is filled with so many great recipes. It's filled with so many like very simple um, ways to become hydrated. And, and again, you know, just the list of examples of how we can see that we're not hydrated. Um, you saying 75 to 90% of us are, are not hydrated. And I can tell you, you know, yesterday myself, I noticed I wasn't getting enough hydration, just too busy. Like you said, you can sit sometimes at your desk for, for 10 hours and not even realize, and then you can't really like, just like catch up and our skin shows it, you know, our skin gets dry. And then also as we age, it becomes more difficult to hold on to our hydration. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I think yes, um, because we lose muscle mass. Muscle holds a lot of hydration, um, and it's you know I think it is one of the 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 pillars of aging is that we 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 dehydrate for sure. Yeah, um, and yeah, yeah. Our skin the ceramides that sort of like make up the, the if, if we imagine our skin being um, a, like a wall, a brick wall, and then the ceramides that sort of hold the bricks together, we lose those as we get older. And I've noticed it's almost like, you know, we hear we can, we have leaky gut, we could have leaky gut, but we can also have leaky skin and we leak out the hydration um, through our skin. It's funny. Um, I, I the biggest followers of my book and my cult following are estheticians. They know better than anybody. Hydration has to start from within. Um, you, no cream that you put on top of a dehydrated person is going to do much. So you have once again start here. Start learning how to hydrate. How to hold on to that hydration like a sponge. I want to just go back to say something. I when I say one glass of water, um, that doesn't mean. Um, that you, you, you know, you should drink one glass of water. It, I need people to know that it is very individualized. You know, Tom Brady can drink two gallons, three gallons of water a day. Most people can't. And I will say also there's overhydration, yes. too much hydration for people. And there's this whole gallon challenge that's going around right now that I'm not sure is so great. It's, it could be great for some, but it might not be great for many. Um, so it's, uh, it's living in your body, knowing what it feels like to feel perfectly hydrated, um, making sure you're getting enough electrolytes. And that's where the eating your water comes in because you're, you're, you're eating, you know, you're getting those minerals, you're getting those electrolytes, those nutrients that if you're drinking plain bulk water, just, you know, tap water with nothing in it, you're not getting those electrolytes that we need. I also want to just say something that it's, it's not, um, that also doesn't mean that every bottle of water or every glass of water has to have electrolytes in it. Um, it's, it's individualized. And what we try to teach you in the book, and it's, it's an easy read, is how to do that and what it feels like. You know, it's, it's not hard. It is definitely not hard. It takes a little bit of thought. And, it's, and once you get into the habit, my obsession with electrolytes um, started when I got into keto because obviously a carbohydrate versus a fat has a completely different ratio of, of um, water hydration in it. So, you know, the biggest challenge that people have when they start getting into burning fat for fuel is becoming dehydrated. And so understanding how to incorporate the electrolytes into your life is like key. Um, before we sort of go into the foods and then, and then the electrolytes, which are so critical. And then I want to get into the exercise. How do we know if we're overhydrated? You mentioned that just a second ago, and I want everyone to hear. Yeah. Because I know people uh, are wondering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I will say, I don't know, 10, five years ago, 
I, I never thought that people that, you, you know, you just don't, you think about people who have, who have polydipsia, meaning you drink too much water. It's a very rare thing. It can happen with certain cancers um, and this polyuria, and you have something called syn- uh, syndrome of inappropriate ADH, uh, antidiuretic hormone. It's, it's, it's a whole thing. Um, and, and it's very rare. And I thought that's the only time you ever see that. And it's extraordinarily rare for somebody to drink too much water. Um, and if they did, they were a little, you know, a little crazy. Um, <laughs> not true. Um, I, and, and I will say it, I see it more. And this is specifically for your audience. I see it more in my athletes and my yogis um, because they think I'm going to drink more and more water. But so the things you look out for are, how much water are you drinking and why can't you satiate your thirst? That's, mm-hmm. that's a big one. And I hear that all the time. Like I drink water all the time. I can't quench my thirst. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, the other thing is uh, at least on a weekly basis, at least once or twice a week, I do, you know, I do blood work on everybody and there's, and, and there's a blood, there's a, 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 it's a basic metabolic panel that everybody gets regardless of, of what they come in for. If we're doing blood, you do a BMP, which is electrolytes and, um, and blood sugar and, you know, and kidney functions. And on that BMP, at least once or twice a week, I have a few patients that their sodium and their chloride are, are very low. And when I go back to them and I ask them, um, do you drink, you know, are you drinking a lot of water? Yes. I drink a ton of water. I'm drinking really well, they're drinking so much water that they're, they're peeing out their electrolytes and their blood levels are actually affected. Um, you know, symptoms, not all of them have this symptom, but it could be leg cramps. Um, yeah, I get Charlie horses all the time. Um, or even some of the time that could be, that could be a symptom too. So it's, it's a little, you know, I see it often. Um, it's hard to know, but I think, I think the, it's subtle, but I think that the quenching of your thirst, you're just not doing it right. You know? Oh, and then looking at the color of your urine, that's a really big one. People are actually taught that they want their urine to be crystal clear by the end of the day. That's wrong. You want it to be a yellow, a a very light straw colored, you know, throughout the day. That's a, that's a good thing to look at. You don't want it to be too concentrated. So you don't want it to be too orange or Brown but you want it to be a light straw colored. So that's the other thing. If, um, if you, you know, you're drinking so much water by the end of the day, your water is crystal clear. Maybe you're drinking too much water. You need to maybe some of those waters, not all of them add a little electrolyte mix, add a pinch of natural or real salt, rock salt or pink salt or sea salt or something like that, which has the full range of minerals. It's a good, a really good thing to do. Hey guys, a lot of people ask me what supplements I take regularly, and one of the top three products I take every single day is SBO Probiotics from Ancient Nutrition. It's the whole food supplement brand I co-founded with Jordan Rubin. Now, I talk about my passion for SBOs, also known as soil-based organisms frequently. In general, SBO probiotics are so important because they are shelf-stable probiotics that are naturally resistant to the harsh environment of our upper digestive tract and our stomach. Now, Ancient Nutrition's SBO probiotics support a healthy digestive system and your immune system. Plus, we add superfoods and herbs for an extra boost. And by the way, that's key. The herbs with the probiotics together, that's the ancient way to create a healthy gut and digestive system. Check out Ancient Nutrition's SBO probiotics online or in store today. Let's talk about eating our hydration. What are your favorite ways to get that gel water in? And let's talk about what gel water is too. Okay. So let me just start by saying this is simple and forgive me to your audience. If, um, if I get any eye rolls, I'm sorry, but you know what? I've, I've given this lecture to my colleagues, my holistic colleagues, and we all need to hear it. We all need to hear it and remind ourselves of it. I think it's really important. Um, plants and vegetables are key. We need to, we need a plant centric diet is what I call it. So once again, mostly plants on your plate and then whatever diet, and that could fall into vegan, keto, anything in between, but you want mostly plants um, and then, and then go from there. Um, A green smoothie a day is a phenomenal way. I, 
I, I don't have science for this, but I will tell you, I know it with every ounce of my being to be true that a green smoothie, um, meaning blended greens with water, and then whatever else you want to put in there, whether it's lemon, ginger, chia, fruit, you know, whatever else you want to put in there is probably three times as hydrating as the same amount of bulk water or plain wow. water. That's my made up number, but, but I know, wow. I know it to be true. <laughs> um, chia seeds are the star of the show. We talk a lot about chia seeds in the, in the book. Uh, chia seeds, anybody who's ever made a chia pudding, you see the gel water on there. It's, it just forms that, that coating, that, that gel coating is just loaded with gel water. So let's talk about what, what gel water is. Um, this was the whole impetus of the book. When I heard about the science of Dr. Gerald Pollack, who's a um, world-renowned water researcher based out of the University of Seattle in Washington, um, University of Washington in Seattle. Um, and he discovered that there's a fourth phase of water, and which to me at the time and still is mind-blowing because we all grew up knowing the simplest molecule, H2O, in the world. We all learned it when we were really young. That's the first thing we learn about. Um, we know it exists as liquid ice and vapor. Um, and now he's telling us, well, there's another phase of water and, and he calls it easy water. Um, some people call it structured water. It's called uh, gel water. It's um, uh, there's, there's, a, there's quite a few names for it. Nobody can, can really agree on the name for it, but, but we all know that there was this other phase of water. And basically it's how, those, how that H2O um, layers upon each other um, how they how they layer and when they layer H2O, the O has a negative charge and they share those electrons. And it's in that sharing that they create properties um, and, and properties of things like it holds energy, like a battery. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it is in that form that exists in nature and it is in that form that exists within ourselves. So the idea is we want to we want to eat more gel water. We want to we want to eat our gel water, and the best way to do that. Think about I like this uh, this. Think about cucumber. Yeah. You look at you look at those cucumber seeds. They're loaded with gel water. Think about desert plants, aloe and cactus. You open an aloe leaf. Um, that's I I think that is why more than anything why aloe water is so good for us. It's incredibly hydrating. But, but what I just said, and the important thing is that water no longer is just, um, just hydrating. It's no longer a, a moistening or, or the, the universal diluent, meaning the, the, what everything gets dissolved in. It's actually energy. It actually mm -hmm. creates energy in our body. Um, and it's in the form of what we know most about is electrical energy, um, and which in and of its, you know, we've, that's also mind blown. We've only ever thought that we get energy from food and ATP from glucose and, and, you know, we eat some, some glucose and that's how we make ATP energy. Well, I'm here to say, first of all, you couldn't do that without water. Right. But right. water in and of itself is a source of energy. Incredible energy, water, gel water, thinking about those seeds in the cucumber and chia seeds. I love you know, my kids love chia puddings and yes. um, just Who doesn't? them. Yeah. It's, uh, that's a great dessert. Like, and there's thousands and thousands of recipes online to learn a good chia pudding. Easy, Incredible. you know, great. Yeah. What are some movements? Well, no, let's talk about, let's first talk about electrolytes. I incorporate electrolytes every day, especially even more on the days when I exercise. Um, so, so understanding that um, electrolytes are, are, are so important and so many of us just like completely miss that part of it. And the electrolytes that would have been in the water that we maybe used to drink a long time ago doesn't exist. So will you give us sort of like an overview history thoughts on electrolytes, all of your headlines on, on how you feel about them? Uh, well, they're, they're obviously very important, but I will say um, 
even even this, you know, if you're doing a green smoothie a day, you're getting a ton of electrolytes in that because the electrolytes are, are, are minerals that hold an electric charge, sodium, chloride, magnesium, calcium, um, and then there's a few potassium. Um, those We need those electrolytes. Um, and that's how water gets moved in. That's energy of how water gets moved in and, in and out of our cells and many, many other things. Um, so when you mentioned sweating, when we sweat, we're losing very high electrolyte water, right? So you, you taste your sweat, it's salty. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's especially, that's why, especially when you're exercising and especially for athletes, that's why they're drinking, you know, electrolyte infused water afterwards uh, and, and sometimes during and before it's important. That is the basic thing. We, if you're doing a green smoothie a day, that's a great way to get electrolytes in. There's all kinds of products on the market to get electrolytes in. The problem is you do want to stay away from some of the electrolyte drinks, like, you know, like the, the blue drinks and the, the fake yeah. ones that you got to look at the ingredients. Do they have, you know, fake artificial sugars, artificial or, or sugar, too right. much sugar. We need a little bit of sugar, by the way, especially if you're, if you're doing marathons and that's a whole you know, sports and athletics is a whole different hydration ball game. And I'll be honest, most of them, I'm not a, I'm not a marathoner. Most of them know better than I do <laughs> in how to, how to do that. Um, but, uh, but you need, so you do need a little bit of sugar, but you want to stay away from the ones that have artificial crap in it. Um, salt, real salt, you know, uh, real salt is literally a brand that I love. Mm. Um, it, it's rock salt that comes from, I think, Utah, um, from natural, natural uh, salt mines. There's Himalayan pink salt, which is great. Sea salt is really good. There's, um, unfortunately, there's a little problems now we're finding that our sea salt is tainted with some toxins because our oceans are, are so dirty unfortunately. Um, but not all of them. I don't, I don't know the answer to that just yes. yet. So the real salt, the Himalayan, adding it to our water. Not every glass. Not every glass. So talk to us about how many. Yeah. So I think, you know, a little pinch of, of real salt to your first to that. I, when I make my water at night, I put a little pinch of salt. I do squeeze a lemon. I prepare it. It sits next to my thing, a little tiny pinch. Um, you know, the whole idea of salt, salt has been um, really demonized um, and it's not, it, it, what's, what the problem with salt is the, the fake salt that's put into all these prepared foods and canned soups and, and, you know, uh, the, the drive-throughs they're laden with fake salt and it's, it's, um, it's just sodium and it's too much real salt. We want to do the full range. A little pinch is fine for most people. Once again, I have to just be careful if you have high blood pressure um, you should just ask your doctor because like most, so many doctors are now changing their thoughts of like zero salt in your diet is right. what it used to be. They're changing. So those, a lot of those studies have shown that that's not necessarily the way to go, even with high blood pressure. But once again, please ask your doctors. Makes perfect sense. So this idea of there being real salt versus fake salt, I imagine, you know, a lot of people have never really truly thought about that. Yeah. And the fake salt is made with high levels of sodium, but it doesn't have the balance of all of the electrolytes. Tell us more. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you the best thing to do. Go take, I, um, forgive me, Morton's, but go take your Morton's salt, <laughs> um, put it in a, you know, put it in a, in a, in a, in a little thing to taste it. Go taste, go put real salt in a little thing. Do a taste test. That's all you have to do. Put it on your finger. Um, you will taste the difference. Real salt, first of all, it's it's the flavor profile is so much better, but um, the the Morton salt does not have the, the range of minerals that the other one, there's some, I don't know how many, and I'm not even talking about iodine. Iodized salt is a, is a whole different conversation. It's important. There's things to talk about with that, but I'm just talking about this other range of minerals. And when you look at the, the, the range of minerals that's in a real natural salt, it's, it's vast. It's something like 20 different, different minerals that you get and that we need. I love it. I love it. I, yeah, I, I just am so fascinated by how different we feel when we get the right amount of electrolytes. And, you, you know, you're talking about all of these minerals and they come from the earth and they come from nature. And we're just, we've just been so far removed from really getting those kind of minerals and those kind of electrolytes in our lives 
that a lot of the symptoms we may be experiencing we're associating with different things. But again, it comes back to what you're saying, Dr. Cohen, and what you've written in, in your amazing book, Quench, which is these are the things that we need to be focused on. It's simple, you know, like this idea of you having preparing your water at night with the little glass on top of it, with the lemon, with the pinch of if it's pink salt, Himalayan salt, whatever you're using, the real salt and understanding that there's a difference between real and fake salt and just starting your morning that way, like how powerful and knowing that we can simply just focus on how many times we're urinating. I know I've been repetitive with this, but it's like for each and every one of us that are listening, that are part of this podcast, we come away like we're over information. Yeah. In so many different ways. And I just want to like, let's get back to these basics and and then really see how it transforms our lives. And it's simple. And I hope that, that everyone that's listening to you and gets your book, just like me three years ago, you changed my life Mm -hmm. when you simply put those messages out. And that's why I was so excited to share you, you know, with the Dr. Axe audience. Um, It's just, thank you powerful, but simple messaging. So I just want to go back over that. So there's three things, right? Um, um, six to 18 ounces, first thing in the morning of, of a big glass of water with a pinch of salt, real salt or natural salt um, and some lemon. Second thing is um, a green smoothie a day can, can be like, these are life-changing things for, yes. for many people. Um, and uh, what was the third thing? You got to move. We didn't really talk talk about about movement. Let's talk about the movement because I've been waiting for us to do that. Some of the actual moves that we can be doing. And I, and I follow you on Instagram. I always have, I recommend it to everyone. Tell us how we can follow you on Instagram. Uh, It's D D R Dana Cohen.com. Dr. Dana Cohen.com. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put the, we'll put your book in the show notes. I also want to talk about your practice because I'm, I'm so excited for people that would have the privilege of being close to you, but what are these moves that we can be doing? Okay. So once again, super, super simple. (laughs) Let me just take a step back and discuss why movement is a hydrating act. Um, Because this was, this was like the third mind blowing thing for me that when we, when we discovered it, we were like, Oh my God. Um, So we've always been told you got to, you got to move your joints to lubricate them. Right. Never really understanding or knowing what that means. We all just sort of took it like, yeah, we got to move. We all know we have to move. But a few years back, there was a brilliant French, um, I think he's a plastic surgeon. His name was Dr. Guimberto. Um, He has a, he has a video on YouTube called um, living fascia. And he talks about fascia. And he decided, I know, <laughs> he decided to put a camera under the skin of a living person and look at fascia, which has never been done before. When, when you know, in medical school, we dissect people and we look at dried, you know, we, we cut through and the skin and, and push aside all that dried, desiccated muck. We don't know what it is to get to the, to the vessel or to get to the organ. Um, and what we saw is that fascia is acts like a hydraulic pump. It moves water literally like a hydraulic pump, a pump pumps water physically. And that's what fascia does. It also, it also transmits electrical energy and water transmits electrical energy better than, than no water. Water is a, a transmitter of electricity. So, so what was mind blowing is that I've always known, you know, I've always thought that the only way we get, we move fluid through our body is lymph and blood. So now we have a, a whole means of a whole delivery system of hydration. Yeah. And that's our fascia. And fascia is this connective tissue that surrounds every cell, every organ in our body. And, and so the big thing to think about is that is why sitting is the one of the, and yet another reason of why sitting is the yeah. new smoking. Right. They've actually done studies and we have them all the studies. There's a lot of studies that we talk about in the book. This one always sticks out in my mind. They took um, these men and dehydrated them and um, and did before and after uh, biopsies of of their of their vessels 
before and a very small percentage, 2% dehydration, which happens to us regularly throughout the day. And as you said, even at night when we're sleeping, we, we become one to 2% dehydrated. By the way, at 2% is when we start to become a little bit of uh, cognitive decline, that kind of thing. Um, and so on these biopsies that they did when they dehydrated these poor men, um, they saw that the vessel damage at 2% dehydration was equivalent to the same as, a cig as what a cigarette would do to their vessels. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so going back to movement, um, we, this, this does not replace exercise and exercise is a whole thing in and of itself. There are people who can do just, you know, five to 10,000 steps a day with a little something else. And that's enough exercise for them. And then there's people that do all kinds of exercise. It's very individualized. I'm no means an exercise expert, although I did, I was an exercise physiology undergrad major. <laughs> um, but uh, this is about what we call micro movements. And, you know, according to anthropological studies, when we're born, we're born, I'm making up this number, it's close, but something like with 300 different movements that we can do at, at all, you know, we're so limber and everything's moving. And by the time we're in our thirties or forties, we're down to maybe 40 or 50 movements. So um, it's important to, to just move and twist and, and move your joints and nod your head um, so that's the other ritual that I have in the morning. I get up, I wiggle my toes, I do my ankle swirls, I bend my knees, I twist, I turn, I do my arms. It's simple. We made we made the micro movements up. There's no, it's you, you know, you can make them up right now. Um, this is a micro movement, right. <laughs> you know. And my hope is that anybody who's listening to it right now, you're wiggling in your seat mm -hmm. and you're moving, and you know. Uh, so yeah, and and at, speaking of that, they found that people who fidget live longer than people Absolutely. who don't. Absolutely. <laughs> There's so much science on fidgeting and also on the amount of calories that we burn by, you know, these, this twitchy movement, these fidgeting, yeah. um, how great and powerful that is. And how Microsoft, sad is it? I love it. How sad is it that we're, we're punishing our kids for fidgeting in their seats? Yeah. Stop fidgeting. Like, stop fidgeting. I know, I know but we're learning, um, yeah. you know, we're learning in, in my second book, um, I wrote all, I had a whole chapter on, on fidgeting because the science is just so exciting. And it's like, it can, the things that you're saying, what we're talking about, I mean, how blessed are we that we're able to have these kind of conversations in today's world? This is simple stuff. This is stuff that changes our lives. I mean, it's like, this yeah. is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful conversation. And it's, and I, I guarantee you every single person that hears you speak will start to incorporate these simple things and, and, and say, Dr. Cohen, like you literally changed my life. I, I just cannot believe that as challenging as it was for you to write that book quench that you did, that you got through those challenges and, and got to the place where you were able to simplify it for all of us. Yeah. I'm a big believer that it's all, you know, going back to basics, I have to say in this world of of, and, and this is my world. These are my colleagues in this world of biohacking. How about getting back to basics? You know, how about cooking? How about growing our own food? Yeah. You know, fixing our soil, drinking, you know, thinking about diet. There's some, there's some things that we need to, we need to really focus back on um, that we've, we've lost. Um, and our, our, and our, our medical system has absolutely lost. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is simple. As a woman, are, do you find that we need to be looking at our hydration in, in different ways, like going through hormonal changes, um, having children, you know, becoming a grandmother or like how, how does it sort of work in each of these phases of our, of our lives? Yeah. I, you know, I think I haven't, I haven't really looked at it from like a, a, a sex standpoint. Um, I think once again, it's, um, it's common sense, you know, once we learn how to do it, no matter what phase you're in, um, you, you will improve upon it. Um, so I haven't, I haven't really teased it out um, in that sense. Um, but 
you know, the one thing I do know, because, you know, you talk about the keto diet, it is everybody who's ever done it, you know, it's a dehydrating diet, you pee all the time. So um, you have to hydrate better and more and you have to be really on top of it. If you're doing something like that, if you're pregnant, and you're and you're, you're hydrating for two, you have to do it, you have to be better at it. And it's just staying on top of it. Um, And coming up with that is something you can come up with little hacks, you know, meaning not, not biohacks, but even just, you know, life hacks. So I, I, the story that always stands out for me, I think about my, my co-author Gina Bria, she tells the story of when her mom was in a nursing home. And I think the elderly is, is a really, really important population because they're um, they're afraid to ask or, you know, to, to right. bother anybody and they're, they're hurting you know, they're hurting, it's hard for them to, to stay on top of that. So I think there has to be very much. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. Very much here in the US. Like I grew up in England, I was born in Switzerland. And the way and I, you know, I travel to discover nutrients all over the world. That is my passion. That's what I've been doing for 17, 18 plus years, seeing how different cultures are with our elderly is incredibly different. So for us here in the US, it's even more important when we're thinking about our elderly, because to your point, you know, afraid to ask, don't want to bother. That's not the way it's done in a lot of other parts of the world. No, I think about the blue zones and I think about Sardinia. um, And one of the reasons that Sardinia is considered a blue zone is because they revere their elderly. They take care of their elderly. We we don't so much here. So it is, um, no. And I also want to, on that same note, I also want to say that menopausal women in this world, and I, 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 this is something I am really passionate about, is this country's greatest natural untapped resource. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, women who have taken care of their children, they're done, and now they have all this time and, and wisdom. And I really think that we can learn so much um, from them. And, and I collect in my mind and my patients and women's stories who are in their 60s and older, changing careers, starting new careers, making a difference. It's, it's really, uh, it's, it is changing and it's good. It's really good. Um, so I, I, sorry, I had to just say that. I love it. Um, I, no, I, I love it. And, and when we're talking about sort of, you know, as mothers, as women at different ages, what about our little kiddos? So you know, many of us, I have twins that are six years old right now. And you think about electrolytes and hydration. When, how do you sort of view that for the kids? Yeah. I mean, it comes down to what they're eating. I mean, they're, they're somebody you have to push. Like that is something you have to, and you know, like, like food, you have to be on top of it. And I I know so many mothers, they're like, you got to drink, you got to drink. It is, it's that, that's a tough one. It's hard, but especially um, young athletes, you know, young kids who are, who are going out doing sports, think about like Texas and how serious they are with their kids and playing football in the heat. And um, I think that the number one thing you could do to prevent concussion is hydrate better. And, and that's not drinking, forgive me, I'm giving, I'm, I feel like I'm bad mouthing some companies, but Gatorade, like, you know, it's garbage, you know, they can do better. Um, and so uh, thinking about green smoothies for kids, like, like playing around juices, fruits, those kind of things, vegetables, like you, you need to push it. Um, and the concussion story, I think, is a very interesting. We have a little section in there in the book. It's by no means my, my forte, but it's very interesting um, research to look at. And, and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about hydration and prevention of concussion. Not only that, when you if you are injured and think you have a concussion, um, and this is something for doctors to hear. Nobody's thinking about, well, are they dehydrated? It's the same symptoms, right. you know, brain fog, cognitive decline, headache. Um, so consider hydrating them first before you evaluate them for a concussion. So it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, idea that they need to, people need to know about too. Yeah. I, I, with my kids, I keep water at night beside their beds. They each have, and now I'm going to do exactly what you just said. So they have the larger amounts of water, but so that they have that water and then train them to drink that first thing in the morning, just like we do. Um, in my house, you know, I've been very lucky because we've always drank 
green juices. Um, you know, we've always juiced them. But lately, with things being so busy and so crazy, like I would say in the past two weeks, this is the only time when I haven't, like typically every day after school, as soon as they're home, they drink their vegetable juice. So a smoothie is a, is a simpler way to get those gel structured um, yeah. water into their bodies. So yeah. And I just want to bring that. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. I want to, I want to differentiate a smoothie. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a blended greens with water, not like a milkshake with yogurt or even protein powder. That's, that's a meal. That's, you know, I'm talking about a green smoothie, which is just blended greens, water, and then whatever sort of flavor enhancers you want to put in there. It could be a half a green apple, some chia, you know, we talked about this uh, ginger, lemon, that kind of stuff, herbs, you can throw some, you know, whatever it may be, play around with it. There's lots of fun things. And what about the electrolytes or the salt, um, the real salt? Would you put that into children's waters? Uh, um, I don't, uh, you could, you should, you definitely could. Yeah. First thing in the morning Uh, and I would just even make sure that there's no flavor of it. That's how much, you know, you just want to put a little tiny pinch. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Um, but you could also, you know, lemon might have enough of the electrolytes. By the way, my, my co-author, again, she, she talks about how desert people hydrate and that's how they hydrate. They, they front load their water. You know, they don't, they certainly don't walk around with bottles of water all day long. Right. They soak their organs. They, 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 they suck down, you know, their, their, their water first thing in the morning so that it's, that it starts their day off. Right. How much, tell us a little bit about it. So fascinating. How much are they getting first thing in the morning? And I don't, you know, I'm not sure. I, we, we came up with uh, eight to 16 ounces. That's, you know, but we don't, we don't know for sure, but that we do know like nomad dwellers, that's how they, before they, they sort of roam the desert, they, they front load their water. The other mm-hmm. thing that's interesting about that is that, um, oh God, I'm forgetting the name. Um, these desert dwellers, they wear these, these cloaked um, robes and hoods and they roam the desert with that and they're dark. And you think like, why do they do that? They actually are humidity tents. So they hold on to humid. I know. Wow. <laughs> I know that was really fascinating to me. Um, so that holds on to some of the humidity. It recirculates, it gets it back into the body. So it's just an interesting. How tidbit. interesting. So they are called, what is the, the, it's Bedouins. Bedouins. Yeah, there we go. Bedouins. Yes. Thank Bedouins. you. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Dr. Cohen, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful you gave us this time. Um, let's end by just talking a little bit about your practice and where you're spending your time. So I, um, once again, people, my patients, who I've had patients for 20 something years, uh, I move a lot in the city. <laughs> I, I, I even move my home a lot, but um, I'm once again in a new practice um, in uh, right by Columbus Circle, 54th and 8th. Um, I love my new office. In the midst of all this craziness, I said, oh, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Um, and I renovated. I did it all. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's just a beautiful little office. It's, it's me. Like there's crystals and there's a lending library. It's fun. So I'm in the city um, and I have a, 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 a nutritionist RD that works with me. Uh, I'm just about to hire an acupuncturist to come in. I have a nurse practitioner and I have the most incredible staff. So um, I have a wonderful practice. Uh, I practice functional medicine. I see, you know, anything an internist would see, um, basically, and my job is to try to keep them off of medications using natural lifestyle treatments, but I will prescribe a medication when needed. Um, and it's just, it's a lovely practice. I'm really, uh, I'm really blessed. And I have great patients. Wonderful. <laughs> and, and I can imagine that they've been with you for 20 plus years. Like I said, you know, the, from the moment I met you, you essentially you came into my mind and you came into my heart and it, and it changed my life. And I'm just so honored and thrilled to be spending this time with you. And we've gotten so many, like you said, hacks, solutions, like science-based answers, you know, science matters so much. And there's so much misconception around hydration, you know, so many wives tales or whatever we want to call them. But thank you for like breaking some of those patterns so that we can be a healthier version of ourselves. 
Thank you. Thank you. Mission accomplished. If I've, if I've touched one person, then, then mission accomplished. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, Dr. Cohen. And thank you everybody for tuning in. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.